Welcome to the Huskies Hockey Podcast, your number one resource to remind you that is still a little bit too early to look at your polls. Repair-wise, your Uscho poll, your USA Hockey poll, still too early to look at it, so so just knock it off. <laughs> that's, that, that's all I'm going to say. I'm Weldy, sitting with Andrew here. We're talking all things Husky hockey and CHC hockey related, college hockey, men's side. We got it all covered here. We got a heck of a show on a bye week. Yeah, I, we should just dive in. Before we jump in, I had one little Twitter debate going on, and I wanted to get your take on it. And the the debate was between St. Cloud faithful, St. Cloud fans, and they were going back and forth about the best pizza in St. Cloud. And it seems to be divided up amongst two places. All right, and I want to know what your thoughts are. I have an, I have an informed opinion about this. It's been a while, but... I was I lived in St. Cloud for 13 years. Everything I've seen has been about 50-50 and I want to see where you end up on this. So are you team House of Pizza or Gary's Pizza? Of those two Gary's for sure. Just now okay. I, I, I it's not it's not to say that House of Pizza isn't good and it's partly a reason that I exist. That was the site of my parents' first date. Um my dad, apparently, as the myth goes, spilled a beer on her. And as they say, oh. the, the rest is history. Oh, well, there um, we go. But what what type of beer do you remember? Did he I, tell you? I don't know. Again, this you is, this is, this is the myth. This is the myth. that, I, that <laughs> Premium. I, That's going to be my guess. It's going to be Green Belt. It would have been 1981, getting back to that year or so. Hams. Yeah, we're not talking, and we're not talking craft beer. You know, there was like three beers that existed back then. So, <laughs> premium is a good um, is a good uh, is a good bet because I don't think they had Coors Light yet, which is all he drinks now, beer wise. Mm. So, um, gotcha. I I did. I also met my wife at House of Pizza. Really? So, <laughs> yep, just, exactly. Yeah, we've so, got some great stories about House of Pizza. <laughs> but of the pizza, if, if from a pizza standpoint, and from my ordering history, for sure. Gary's outnumbers that. Well, that's the thing that I always want to like. I think people get a little bit clouded by the Gary special. Now, I do think the Gary special is the best bang for your buck when it which, comes to pizza, when it terms of quality and whatnot. Which is what again? Is that like a meal deal or is that a specific type of pizza? Uh, that's like a meal deal. Okay. Yeah, it's been a while. I thought you're going to bring. I mean, there's DiMaggio's. Oh, I mean, that's like the fact that you said of those two, I'm like, I'm a little surprised that you were thinking you were going to go somewhere else with it. I mean, I like toppers even. That might be a bad take, but I would say I haven't I haven't gone to toppers. Or maybe I have like once or twice since they got rid of the berry sticks. Because that was always my go to. That was always my favorite. I bet you this is there's no way I guess I could look back at my old bank accounts or statements, but. <laughs> I bet Gary's is was the most frequently ordered pizza during my time. But I, it's not like I disliked any of those. I know that I, I remember DiMaggio's having a, a. There is a faction of anti-DiMaggio's people. Their sauce is different, and I think it turns some people off. Uh, but and it's tough to go wrong with pizza, really. So give it, give, give me all of them. How about this? How about I'll go with the one that's willing to sponsor us 
Oh, there we go. So if we can get House of Pizza, you know, or or Gary's on the line here, you know, we'll we'll change our tone really quick if the price is right. Um, it's Dimaggio's is a very like certain era of college for me. That's what it tastes like, and that's what it sticks out in my head because it had. I mean, their meal deal was yeah, that, like six or seven. Their dorm special was like seven bucks for. Yep. For a large I would. Pizza and a, I I would say that was my number one in my freshman and sophomore years, and then yeah. then it became branched out. Gotcha. Because my take is overall, overall, I lean a little bit more towards House of Pizza. Um, but I do think like Gary's, uh, my wife and I kind of agree. They Gary's has like the best toppings. Like if you get like a loaded pizza, their toppings are, are really good. So, um, you know, I'm never going to turn down either, but, um, I'm not, I'm just not a huge fan of the crust at Gary's. And, and that's why I lean a little bit more uh, towards House Pizza. So that's that's where I stand on the vote. Andrew, is DiMaggio's or no. GTFO? No. <laughs> no, DiMaggio's would not be number one. Um, I, again, I'll eat it, but I like this. I, you're making me hungry. <laughs> and, um, you know, I used to, you know, when old Chicago was still here in St. Cloud, I got... Uh, double decaroni pizza and you add cream cheese to it. And that was, oh, that was my go-to. It, oh, it was so incredibly good. We're going to do yeah. this. This is going to be a new bit. And like, I, we're going to do I like, we do like best deli. Is it going to be Herbert's and Gerbert's, Jimmy John's or Bo Diddley's next week? Can you think about that? I mean, is there really a question about that one? I mean, it's got to be Bo Diddley's, right? Unless... I mean, the wild card there is eh, it's 1 a.m. and I'm really hungry. <laughs> Bo Diddley's is closed. <laughs> ah, so that's there, true. There's an accessibility factor. That's true. And I am a Jersey Mike's fan as well. Actually, so. d- d- does St. Cloud have one of those yet? Yes. Yep. I actually really and I am Jersey Mike. I frequently go. I, I go to Jersey Mike's. Jersey Mike's is better than both Jimmy Johns and Gerberts and Gerberts. Yeah. yeah. Very much so. So. Um, yeah, so let's uh, let's get into this past week. A um, couple of interesting results uh, for kind of a, a dud series um, or kind of a dud weekend before we kind of wrap up or we start getting into the NCHC play and whatnot. We got some really good games here this weekend, but last weekend, you know, you had the Hall of Fame game with uh, Penn State and North Dakota where Penn State actually gets, uh, gets the 6-4 to four victory uh, for Penn State's First win against an NCHC opponent um, out of Gadowski's 11 years as as coach. His third game, <laughs> which which uh, you, when you were texting me. Um, fourth game, actually. They played Denver back-to-back years in the NCAA tournament, which I forgot. I forgot they played, they made the tournament back-to-back years. Um, oh, really? Remember they beat, I, I, they beat Union like 10 to 2? And then Denver beat them to go to the Frozen Four, and that would have been 17. And then in 2018, Denver played them again, beat them five to one in the first round. Gotcha. So this was their fourth. I'm, yeah, I, fourth I must have forgot. I forgot about that one too. I thought they lost five. I, I, I only remember the five to one loss. 
Yeah. So they've they've played Denver twice in the tournament. And then they played Western Michigan in the Three Rivers holiday tournament. Second game of that back in either 14 or 14, 15, I think. Either that or 13, 14. So they still have not played a game versus the NCH, an NCHC team, a true home or away game. These have all been neutral site games. Um, I remember Motsko a couple years ago when he was still the coach at St. Cloud yep. saying, we asked him, they won't play us. Uh, and that seems to be quite the, uh, quite the trend. And I did some, some digging into the non-conference since they've, uh, since they went D1. And uh, yeah, it's very clear that the, he's avoiding playing not just NCHC, but Western teams in general, other than the Big Ten, obviously. Um, he hasn't played the WCHA slash CCHA teams much either. The majority of those Alaska teams, because he gets the exemption, um, he doesn't, Penn State doesn't travel really at all in their non-conference. The numbers I have out of, I only counted since the time they were in the Big Ten, 2013 to 14. They played one year as an independent, which they didn't, they weren't in their new building yet. Uh, and they were an independent, so they didn't play a ton of home games that year. They're still in a basically a practice rink at that time. So I'm just taking the numbers from 2013, 97 uh, non-conference games, 60 of those at home. So you're playing essentially two-thirds year of your games at home. There's been a couple of seasons, 2018, 2019, they didn't play one road game at all. They played one neutral site game. Uh, in Philadelphia against Princeton. Uh, uh, there was, uh, this year, they're playing two true road games. Playing St. Thomas, which surprised me that they're willing to to play St. Thomas at St. Thomas. But then you see they're playing them on a Tuesday and Wednesday series right after they play the Gophers at Mariucci. So they're staying in town for a couple of extra days and playing St. Thomas. seems like whenever they make, whenever they travel, it's out of convenience um, or out of we can beat you or uh, we can get the Alaska exemption, which he did a couple of years, which means he can get two extra uh, games that don't count against the the maximum um, so he can get a couple extra home games. Um, and of those, I mean, the trend of of Penn State, of these 90, you know, close to 100 um uh, non-conference games, the grand majority of them are against Atlantic hockey, 44 of those games against Atlantic hockey teams, the, the ECAC and hockey East, they're at 16. That's the second place. So he's playing the majority of his non-conference against the, you know, what is the worst conference in college hockey? If you just go record wise. I mean, you just look at it this year, they're a non-conference this year mentioned the St. Thomas game. St. Thomas is going to be one of the worst teams in college hockey played long Island. Uh, the, now these are all home games. Long Island for two, Canisius for two, Niagara for two, and Maine for two. Maine for two. Maine is hockey's team, but they're awful. I don't even know if they've won a game yet. Um, and then, you know, they did play the Hall of Fame game against UND and props for scheduling that. But, I mean, the destination game, sexy matchup. And that's the uh, the one real challenge. I should mention they did lose one of those Canisius games. So not all of these are gimmies for them. But just, uh, I don't, 
I was rooting for North Dakota for this game, uh, which is strange. Uh, I think my hatred for Penn State is greater at this point than North Dakota. Wow. Uh, Well, it's I hate elitism. uh, And I really hate unearned elitism, which is, I think, is how I would describe Penn State. Um, Oh, you're not wrong there. They, I, I, mean, I get really annoyed with their elevated shot totals for their home versus away games. I mean, they've splashed up the graphic about how great they are at generating shots and chances and whatnot. And, you know, oh, since they've come with D1, you know, they're first or first, first, first in college hockey and shots. And it's like, yeah, I, re- I remember going through their shots and, you know, Every home game was 45, 50, 55 shots on goal. And then you turn to the away games and it's 22, 23, you know, against North Dakota was 23 shots on goal. And it's like, yeah, there's nothing suspicious, nothing weird going on there. This is why you want to just elevate the goaltender's save percentage. Go right ahead. This is the equivalent of, you know, the home ballpark, their radar gun is five yeah. de- five degrees or five miles an hour hotter than than anywhere else yeah i can i can see that uh you know and just aside from the fact that they're elevating their program to d1 caused the great conference realignment set that aside although i think that's a big factor here but just set that aside i mean you're still a, a new program that is less than a decade old program at the D1 level of Penn State still can't uh, get driver's license. But we're going out of our way to schedule the easiest, most convenient non-conference schedule. We're we're not uh we're we're denying uh teams that call us that want a schedule series. Uh, we're going to tell them no and hang the phone up on them. Um and I think you got to pay your dues. You step up to D1, you got to pay your dues. And then you put on top of that the fact that you're going D1 caused this whole uh, calamity and reshuffling and killing of conferences. Um, that adds to the, the resentment from my perspective because and not that they were the ones that caused this. I mean, it's they're going to always say it's Big Ten bylaws, which I don't know why that was set in stone. Makes so much sense, by the way, if they were in Hockey East, it would just be perfect. I mean, Hockey East has the state schools of all of the New England teams, UMass, UConn, Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire. They don't have Rhode Island's, you know, University of Rhode Island, but Providence is there. So you have basically a flagship school for each state there. You would have had the flagship state for Pennsylvania in that as well. So you're kind of expanding the footprint. It would have made so much sense for Penn State to to go to Hockey East. But, you know, obviously they went to the Big Ten. But when you when you have these when you have this attitude of we're only gonna play the teams that we can, you know, easily beat and that we can kind of push around as far as the scheduling uh the scheduling um, arrangements for these teams. I mean, these are the these are the kinds of disparities we see with, with the teams that they frequently schedule. AIC, they've played them five times at home. They've went there once. Uh, Robert Morris, in-state school, uh, they went 
they had five uh, home games, three on the road. They played in their Three Rivers Classic, uh, which was Robert Morris's holiday tournament. Played in there the first four years of them being D1. And then they kind of famously backed out of it because Robert Morris beat them twice, two, two years in a row. So like, yeah, we don't want to lose to you guys in your holiday tournament. So they backed out to the consternation of Robert Morris fans. Uh, you know, they play these neutral site games pretty much every year. They, they, they play one game at the Flyers Arena. They did it f- four years with Vermont. They've never been to Vermont. Uh, they've only played them at, at the uh, Wells Fargo Center. You know, like Sacred Heart, five home games, one road game. Uh, St. Lawrence, they've made one trip to St. Lawrence. St. Lawrence has had four games at, at uh, Penn State. Mercyhurst, another in-state Pennsylvania school. They've played them once in Penn State, and they went. They made one. They played one game in Mercyhurst. So it's all. It's all these two to one deals. Like we'll play two games at, at our place if, and we'll go there eventually to one game. At, the Barry Alvarez special, like, yeah. For and the team, years that's... and the teams that they like to that they'll give like one to one, one series uh, at home and one full series on the road. It's you know that's teams like Notre Dame before they were in the Big Ten. Uh, ASU, they did that with Union when Union was. They played Union when the the year that Union won the national title, they did a two for two thing there. So it's like if you're if you're on our stature of a university, we'll we'll uh, we'll equal up the the home and road. But um, and so yeah, it just I I don't like their the only there's only been one year uh, seventeen eighteen, which is one of the years that they made the tournament. So that was the only year that they've played a split number of home and road games on their, on their non-conference schedule. They played five and five. Every other year, it's been a great you know home home disparity. This year again, playing eight home games, two road games, one neutral site game. Um, Fifteen sixteen, they played nine home games to four road games, um, and a couple of of neutral site games. So yeah, I'm I'm rambling here about about the the data, but. You weren't kidding about the deep dive that you did into Penn State. But it's just, it's not, it, again, pay your dues. Um, we see teams like Arizona State. Arizona State's played everywhere since they've became a D1 program. They don't shy away from playing difficult teams. They have they have challenges with their schedule because as an independent, scheduling second-half opponents becomes really tricky because most teams are, are in conference play. And that's why a lot of times they're playing Atlantic hockey teams because in the second half, at least because Atlantic hockey's got an odd number of teams in their conference. So someone is going to be off in the weekend. Whereas like this weekend, the NCHC, eight teams in the conference, they're all playing conference games. So it's tougher to schedule games against uh, teams in the, towards the second half of the year, because you're, you're in the bulk of the conference schedule, but but they've been they've been everywhere. They they've played the Boston schools. They've played Harvard. They've played Saint Cloud State. They've played all these. They're going to play North Dakota next year's Hall of Fame game. Um, they 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 schlep up to Alaska. They schlep up to Alabama. They go to all these places and they don't stick their nose in the air and and think that they're better than everybody. Uh, and so yeah, the the attitude that Gadowski has has adopted. And the the data that we have as far as who he schedules when he has his druthers to schedule whoever he wants, it's just it's not likable. And 
and yeah, they played well against North Dakota. I don't think North Dakota played great. I thought it was a good game, uh, but it's just uh, I, I am not a fan of Penn State. Yeah, switching to the actual game itself. Um, I mean, geez, penalties. I mean, it was yeah. it was so hard to get into some kind of rhythm with that game when somebody was either on the or you know with somebody constantly going to the penalty box. It felt like it just was kind of a hindrance on the flow. Um, but yeah, I was able, you know. I was able to catch, you know, most of it. Wasn't able to catch all of it, but uh, from what I did see, yeah, you're right. North Dakota did not nearly look like the North Dakota that um, we've seen in years past. Yeah, I thought they were going to tie it up once they got back to one goal down to five to four with about two minutes left. I I mm-hmm. figured that North Dakota was going to tie it up, but you know, give credit to Penn State that they were able to shut down the the last couple of minutes and and I don't. Yeah, I don't think they trailed in the game. They, they got out to the 2 nothing lead, and whenever North Dakota would get one goal back, uh, they would Penn State would score the next one. So I thought it was an entertaining game, and I'm sure... And, from and the Copeland way, got, the, uh, got the empty netter who played at uh, Colorado College. Oh. So I, I thought that was kind of a fitting for a former NCHC player to, to seal the game for there you go. a win against North Dakota. Yeah, and and Penn State. I mean, I I think the Big Ten is is not great. I think they'll probably they're probably going to be a three team uh, conference as far as they'll probably get three teams in the tournament. I like Minnesota and Michigan and either Penn State or Notre Dame. Uh, I think the the rest of the conference is not great. You're, you're not going to take you're not going to go back on Wisconsin after uh, the four to two win against Michigan. I was pretty surprised by that, but I'll take it. I mean. It's, we should be rooting for Wisconsin. You know, the, the two wins against them. Whenever you play a non-conference team like that, you're kind of rooting for them to just run the rest of the table because then those wins look so much better at the end of the year. But so I'll I'll take it. That's why I wanted uh, Mankato to beat Michigan too when they had the chance a couple weeks ago. Uh, but um, yeah, give them yeah give Wisconsin credit for because I did not see that coming. Um, kind of the other big surprise. And maybe it's not a surprise. I mean, I think we both are kind of on the same page when it comes to West, Western Michigan. Um, that they're going to be they're going to be a solid squad and really flirt with home ice um, in the NCHC. And um, just kind of you know going down five nothing halfway through um, against uh, Colgate, right? Colgate. Yep. And. Um, you know, able to rattle off six to to end up uh, getting a win. Just, um, <laughs> I found it interesting that you sent out a text um, uh, saying that you forgot to make the point that you were expecting a little bit of a letdown from Western Michigan this this week. It's one of those ones that you, you have a big kind of rivalry win or win against a rivalry team, you know, with winning at Michigan last week and probably should have swept them. Uh, and so you're like, yeah, and, and Colgate's not bad. I mean, Colgate's off to a decent start. Um, and so this was one where I'm like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Western drops, drops one here. And it was looking pretty good halfway through the game, even though a lot of that was Western was getting into penalty trouble. I watched, I watched probably more than half the game. Uh, and they were getting into penalty trouble and, and Colgate, I think had three power play goals out of their five. 
the shot advantage was crazy in favor of Western. It was something like 52 to 20 was the final shot tally. Um, and it wasn't, it was after it was, it was still five, nothing. I think three minutes to go in the second period popped in too late. And then, yeah, I was kind of flipping back and forth between a bunch of games. And when I saw it was five to three, I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Western comes back here. And, and they didn't even, they didn't have any, all of their goals were even strength goals. Uh, they uh-huh. didn't have any power play goals and we had plenty of chances, but um, the, the momentum had definitely shifted after Western got its first couple of goals there. And, and they kind of did the same thing on Saturday, uh, not a five goal comeback, but another game where they had the clear advantage in shots and chances, but Colgate had a one, nothing lead about halfway through the third. And then Western is able to tie it late and win in overtime. So I guess a win in a overtime win, not, not a, not a 100% sweep, but you didn't lose a game there that weekend. And obviously having a game where you were down by five, I can't remember a game where NHL or college, I can't remember a game that a team's been down by five and come back to win in regulation. So very, very impressive for Western. Which um, Brett Larson was on the coaches show. Um so a little bit of a caveat, you know, um, Andrew and I have gone back and forth with some information about how the pairwise works this year. And we didn't get any clarification or, you know, anything with the NCAA and whatnot. You know, it, it's been clear as mud on how everything works. But um, Brett Larson was on his radio show um, uh, and kind of addressed it. So I got a little bit of a clip with him, um, Jim Erickson on, on with that. So we'll go ahead and play that right. Now, uh, talk about the record. So yeah, the record. I, I well, the number one thing uh, we we say we're six one and one. By the way, instead uh, of six and yeah, two, right? I, I don't yeah. know if. Uh, um, yeah, isn't the and, well, and if you go by the pairwise, we are right. six one and one. Yeah. It, it, just I don't want to bore the people with the rule change. When this new overtime rule went into place, it was interesting because this coaches were all in favor of three and three overtime, but sixty to zero, we voted for. If you're going to go to three and three, it has to end as a tie at at the end of sixty minutes, right? Um, because nobody felt you should get a full win or a full loss for a three on three. Um, if it was going to say five f- five on five after for five minutes, that'd be different, right? Um, so we all thought it was going to be a tie, and then that extra point uh, in league standings would be uh, in the three-on-three or um, or a shootout or a shootout right so we were we were pretty surprised when the rule went through and they still went through with the full winner full win- loss the only compromise was the full winner loss goes on your record but the pairwise is still a 55 45 split so in the pairwise world <laughs> we're six one and one in this uh, in this other world we're six and two not that those things were confusing already yep. they just got a whole lot more confusing so the third digit of the record the six, two, and zero. Oh, the zero. Those will be ties, not overtime losses. Then, Did they, right? They, if they would have went the way the coaches right. wanted it, but they didn't go that way. No. Okay. So, uh, that clip happened, yeah. and I don't think it, I resolved anything. Yeah, and even, <laughs> and I'm even, still confused. even Erickson. Even Erickson's like, okay, yes, thank yeah. you for clearing that up. For, and I mean the fact that you know all coaches voted in favor of it not counting as an actual loss and the NCAA apparently being like, nah, 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 you're fine. <laughs> it's why, why even vote then? Yeah. Just so, you know, and, I, and that's why I, I mean the, the RPI math 55, 45, 
that's going to make a difference. But you can make an argument that the head-to-head and the the common opponents comparisons is more important in that overall the pairwise uh, formula, hundred percent than the actual yeah. RPI. I'm, yeah, and the RPI is used for the tie breaks if you're, you know, tie break when it is the, um, you know, when you're tied with the common opponents and and the head to head. So you know that's where I get really confused too is is kind of that aspect of it and. RPI is one, and then it's like, oh, if it's still tight after those, then, then the RPI not will will go to that to that team for the comparison. So, um, but you know, I said in the intro as well, still too early to look at the pairwise. I've already seen it come across my Twitter feed, which I don't think it's even valid right now because I don't think everybody's played everyone. I don't think everyone has a common opponent yet with the Ivy start finally just starting. I think usually it takes like a week or two. Don't yeah. Don't even look at it until after the new year. Yeah, that's that's that, kind of my that, general rule of thumb. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at too with it. So, um, so you know, looking at Western Michigan, looking at Omaha, Colorado College is on the docket here for 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 St. Cloud here this this weekend, and it's this is probably one of the most important stretches of the season, I think actually for St. Cloud State. Um, you're coming off a bye week. You know, we're not gonna know who's healthy until an hour before game time. You know, with the lingering injuries. Um also on that radio show it sounded like Pierre is still going to be injured um for c- this coming weekend too. It sounds like that's gonna be kind of a lingering injury. So um you know uh we'll take that. You know that's one of the strengths is the defense, but you know this coming weekend it's Colorado College or Colorado College, then it's Omaha, then it's Western Michigan. Uh, four of the six out on the road. Omaha is the only one at the National Hockey Center. Um, that this is, I think, you know where it's going to solidify where, you know, kind of the range that St. Cloud is going to end up in. Because if we drop some of these games, especially with how Western is playing and Omaha, you know, you can scoff at their record all you want because of the teams that they played so far, but you can only dance with the girl that you brought. Um, so it's, it, you know, if we're going to be a team that's going to fight for the top spot, fight for a Penrose, we're going to need a really strong showing these next three weeks. Um, because we're, we can get buried very quickly and we might be scrambling for home ice um, if we uh, kind of stumble. And I think it starts here with CC and we need all six points this weekend, I think. Uh, okay, not need. <laughs> I mean, I'm not ringing alarm bells here already this season, but I, 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 I don't know. I think, I think, Andrew, you get what I'm trying to say when it comes to how important this next stretch of games are. Yeah, I mean, St. Cloud has a chance to cement their status as the elite of the, in the elite of the conference. Uh, it, it's also an opportunity for these other teams that we're talking about to exactly make a statement. I'm, yeah, I, I will scoff at Omaha, uh, Omaha's record. Uh, I don't think they've played anybody. I mean, when, when Lake State is the best team that you've played, all at home, again, talking about Penn State's charming schedule, uh, Omaha's might be worse, uh, in fact. So, 
And I think St. Cloud's always matched up well against both CC and Omaha. Uh, and the Western series is going to be, I think, the most intriguing of the bunch. But that being the last of these three series, you know, you, you got to, it'd be nice going, you know, being 4-0 and going into that Western series. Because uh, Western's a team that St. Cloud has traditionally had some problems with. Uh, they're the heaviest team in college hockey. Western is play a physical game. They've got some good defense. Uh, that Adard, Attard that they have on the back end, I think is really impressive. Um, well, they gave up five goals to Colgate uh, in, in a game. Scored so, six. I mean, <laughs> scored six back. Scored six. But I mean, so. you, can, you can you can get through that defense, and you can, you can solve Bussy. Um, but and I think they. It's more, you know, Western still has got to kind of prove it as well. Uh, they've, they've done this in the past where right? they'll, they'll, they'll get off to a, a good start. And once the conference play hits, uh, then the, uh, the reality kind of sinks in quickly. Uh, so yeah, just, uh, just to quickly go back to Omaha. Um, yeah. I mean, they don't leave uh, the friendly confines of, uh, of Omaha until that game, that series. Still the St. Cloud series. Yeah. 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 They played Lake, yeah, Sup- they got, Lake, they- Lake Superior, Maine, Alaska, and like you said, they just finished up a sweep of Long Island. And then they played Miami this weekend. And then Miami is, you know, this weekend. One of the wor- two worst teams in the conference. Okay. So, uh, I mean, that Omaha's, I mean, they played May German last year. Uh, they're not going to no those, controversy those be, whatsoever. Yeah. They're not going to be an easy out uh, by any means, but I, I like I like St. Cloud's matchup with them, and I like their matchup against CC this weekend as well. If we want to kind of uh, segue into previewing the the Tigers in the uh, St. Cloud Tigers series, um, yep, yep, definitely. Um, you know, they had the um, you know. They had the overtime loss against Air Force, um, and then just drubbed them the next night um, on, on Saturday, uh, eight to one. Um, and I felt like that game went to the wee hours of the morning. <laughs> it, it it felt like it was a much a long game, you know, like they scored eight goals. Um, Boston College Northeastern, um, they split that with a win against Boston College, and then a, a loss with. To Northeastern, you know they went uh, winless uh, to Union, lost in the tie there. St. Louis Air Force, so um, you know really, really pedestrian so far this season. And yeah, this is a series where there's just no excuses. You need to get six points out of the series if you're going to be considered a contender for the Penrith. Yeah, very uh, young team for CC. I was looking at their their stat line, that their top nine scores which i mean includes players with three points this at this point so not we're not talking and, and you take out the air force series and then they scored five against bc i mean they've been struggling to score goals all year you know one goal a piece against st lawrence in that series one goal at union then three got shut out at northeastern um but the, yeah their top nine scores are all sophomores or freshmen um so didn't didn't return a bunch of their their uh their scores from last year and and so 
I, and it's just been a team that isn't, they're not a terribly, you know, physical, big team that is the type of team that St. Cloud typically has some, some issues with play a similar style. It's certainly not to the level that St. Cloud plays. Um, and so I'm expecting good things for, for the Huskies this weekend. One, I think another reason that they've uh, been able to handle CC, especially at Colorado Springs over the years, was that CC had the Olympic sheet at World Arena. That is different. The new the new rink they have there, the Huskies will be playing their first games at Ropes and Arena. Uh, that's a standard NHL size rink, uh, and so I don't I don't think that that will make a huge difference as far as I still think the Huskies are are going to sweep the series, but. Some of those games, I went out to several uh, Husky uh, CC games. I was I was going to ask you how how was that road trip? How was the area? I always liked it. I mean, I had I had a friend that lived there, so it was nice that I didn't. I would stay with stay with him uh, when I went out. I think I did three series out there, and I mean, Huskies. I went out there for eight to one, six to one, nine to three. I mean, they were having their way with what was a bad CC team and a very yeah. good, very good Husky team. Uh, I, and I, I, I liked uh, world arena. Um, yeah. Well, I, I Owens was, left uh, that cupboard bare when he left. I mean, it was, they had nobody coming in. Yeah. And, uh, and so, and I like, I like the arena, but this was, uh, this is an arena that's on campus for CC. So it's more in downtown Colorado Springs. World arena was, I mean, CC is a tiny school. If you don't know, yeah, uh, like I think the enrollment's like twenty five hundred. Oh no, it's I think it's like twelve hundred. They they something like they allow in. I think it's three hundred students per class. Like uh, and they play. It's a block schedule. Um, so the students, what you do is you you have one class for three weeks. So you don't have any other class. You just have one class that you're going. I don't know if it's every day or three or four times a week. But you have one class for like three weeks or a month, and then you go to another one class for another three or four weeks. They're odd. Uh, that's that's a not that's not uh, the standard, obviously, college setup. But it's a very small campus downtown uh, Colorado Springs. World Arena was not total close under to that. undergrad enrollment of two thousand twenty five. That is okay. Right. I guess I'm wrong. I guess I'm wrong. I thought it was. Yeah. Like I said, I thought it was very, very. Small. I mean, prices, right? Rules. I went over. I said twenty five. Well, that's, that's that's no. I'll, I'm going to give you the. You're correct, and I also have to issue. I would. I have been misusing the word reconnoiter for my entire life. It is a word, but it doesn't mean what I thought it was, which I thought it meant like rearrange. It actually, it comes from the same root as like reconnaissance. Uh, recon. Oh. So it means to make a exploration of rather. Do you than have to go back and edit system. any of your crosswords? No, I mean, it's like a 12 letter word. So that, I mean, crosswords are like 85% three to five letter words. So oh. I don't have, I don't think I've ever had to clue it, but just being that I'm an idiot, which is not surprising. Um, I do have to say, yes, I'm a word person and I am an idiot. And I use no. that word incorrectly. I'm, I never thought that word existed. So that's. <laughs> well, now you do. And now you know the correct definition of it. Perfect. I um, last time I went to the uh, frozen face off, 
I sat next to um, uh, parents of a couple players that were on CC, and we started playing the dollar game, and of the people that we were with. Um, for people not familiar with the dollar game, basically you picked a number at the beginning of every period, and then if the whistle blows and the in the second slot your number is picked, then you have to give a dollar to the person who has that number. So, like, Andrew, you have six, and then I have five. And if, you know, a whistle where there was 16 seconds left on the clock, or, like, 20, 15 minutes, 16 seconds, everybody in the group would have to pass a dollar to you. And then it's $2 if a goal is scored. So we got, you know, the whole section starts playing this, you know. And so you're just money, dollar bills are just kind of flying everywhere. Um, and the... The Colorado College parents, and I forgot who the player was, but God, they absolutely loved it. Well, the guy loved it. The female was, she was, she was not happy that he was partaking in gambling. So I wonder if I like ignited some kind of a a, a passion that he forgot about or whatnot. So, uh, but in the end, we all signed a dollar and gave it to him because he was like, "I want all your guys's autographs. This is an awesome game," and and whatnot. He was, he was so cool, but we talked a little bit about the block scheduling and how weird it was. And he's like, yeah, the students absolutely love it, but God, the teachers, I mean, you're, yeah, every two to three weeks, you have to start the curriculum over again. So it feels like <laughs> you're just teaching the same thing in a more compact over and over again time frame. Um, so it's just kind of kind of interesting the, the way they do it. Yeah, and so I don't know what else. So play the dollar game if you if you got a chance. That, no, you, I, I'm glad you, you can I'm be glad new you, friends. I, I yes, I might have to do that. <laughs> but you know, like you said, with uh, Colorado College being a young team, that's where you know our leaders need to step up. Our experience needs to kind of be on a different level. The, the X factor is, you know, we're not entirely sure who's going to play this weekend, how healthy we're going to be. You know, I feel good about our defense. And, you know, if we can play with that type of um, experience, um, t- take some of the young kids here to school and whatnot, um, add that to their block schedule. I think, you know, that's where the Huskies can come come in with six points. Yeah, Dominic Bassey, the uh, goalie for CC's, played all the games for the Tigers. I think they still have at least their roster on CHN is still showing Matt Vernon, who the Huskies have seen a couple of times throughout the years. Uh, he's must be their backup. Uh, Bassey's put up some decent numbers this year. He's seen a lot of shots, uh, at least in the, uh, you know, the non air force series. Um, and he's a draft pick of uh, Chicago uh, of Chicago. And, and the Husky saw him a couple times last year. They were able to score three, four goals on him in the two games that they saw him last year. Uh, and so they have some experience seeing him before. Um, and again, I think it's going to be a, an opportunity for the Huskies, as you said, using that skill advantage, using the experience advantage. Uh, I think the, uh, the tighter back end, uh, even with some injuries for the Huskies um, expecting good things here. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some competitive games here though. I'm, I'm not, I don't even th- I'm not saying it's going to be one of those eight to one games. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, and that might come down to the health of the Huskies as well, as far as if we're going to have some boat races or if we're going to have to sweat a little bit for some wins. Uh, so I'm, expe- I'm I'm excited to see the the rink. I'm because I've went there a few times. I, I definitely want to go back to check out the new digs, uh, smaller venue, uh, more intimate setting, which is kind of being becoming the norm in college hockey. You know, five six thousand arena. I think this was actually more in the, like the three thousand. Uh, yeah, capacity. I think it's about three. Yeah. Uh, but so I mean, you're you're not, you know, going with ten thousand seats and and whatnot. And this is a hockey rink, not a multi-purpose. We're gonna have concerts here, and maybe maybe they will, but it's not like World Arena when that was built, mm-hmm. where it's a larger venue with you know multi-purpose kind of you know, hockey might not be the number one priority there and on campus i think uh, the atmosphere because i don't remember a month going to the world arena games i don't remember a student section I, i'm sure there was but maybe i didn't realize that there if there was a student section because they didn't have a ton of opportunities to cheer when the huskies were playing them in those games uh, so i'm sure that they have much more of a presence in in this building so I'd like to get out there eventually. If this was later in the year, you know, uh, I might have been able to to swing a trip there. But maybe next year, I'd like to go uh, check out the new the new arena. Close out with uh, the rest of the conference here for the NCHC. Um, you got Omaha and Miami. I know we talked about that just a little bit, uh, but two key matchups. You got Denver at North Dakota, and then Minnesota Duluth at Western Michigan. And that's going to be a nice appetizer for St. Cloud State, uh, Colorado College, uh, with that at Western Michigan and then the Huskies game in Colorado College. So hopefully, you know, that game will get resolved by the time uh, the Huskies game starts. Uh, but just uh, kind of your thoughts about around the horn here for the NCHC. Um, what are you looking forward to? What do you expect? What are you going to see? I think I'm most looking forward to that Western Duluth series. Um as we said, you know, Western has something to prove here. I mean, nice stretch in non-conference to start the year, but uh, in a home series against Duluth, uh, I think that's a that's an opportunity for one of those teams to to stake a claim on, let's say, home ice uh, territory for the conference. And I, I think. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's in any result this weekend, Duluth sweep, Western sweep, or somewhere in between. Uh, and so, and I like the fact that, yeah, we'll, we'll basically be able to get that game in before the, the Huskies game starts, at least on Friday. I think on Saturday, there's a earlier start for the Husky game. So there might be some overlap there. Yeah. So be able to watch at least most of it on Friday, uh, which is nice. And so... And yeah, Duluth or uh, Denver and UND, traditional rivalry. Those teams always uh, bring the bring their best when they match up. UND is a team that I'm curious about. I, you know, they uh, they didn't like I said we didn't they didn't look great against Penn State. And Denver's another team. You know, we they don't have a they don't have a first place voter anymore. They've, they've lost their <laughs> biggest fan who happens to cover UND. Happens to cover UND. Yeah. 
And, you know, they, they didn't play last week after a, a, a tough uh, Eastern trip to uh, BC and Providence. So both teams kind of needing to get back on the mat. And it's a rivalry weekend, so I'm sure that's going to be a raucous uh, atmosphere at, at uh, the Ralph. And another one where I'm curious. I'm curious. I said I still don't know how good Denver is, and I, I'm I'm kind of thinking North Dakota is not as good as I thought they were going to be this year. Even yeah. though we knew they're going to take a step back based on on how much they lost, I didn't wasn't really impressed with Driscoll, frankly, in that Hall of Fame game. Uh, and so maybe he's not as uh, golden as we were expecting. So statement opportunities for a lot of teams. Statement opportunity for, for Omaha. We think that they're real. They should sweep Miami this weekend. They and should if, sweep. If they don't, then we might have a better idea of uh, this. This might be the, the Omaha that we know and love. Yeah. Uh, and so statement opportunities all across the conference. I'm looking forward to first, uh, first weekend really – nationwide uh of of uh conference play this mm-hmm. is we're, we're getting it getting into the meat of it and uh and i do like it so looking forward to the looking forward to the weekend yep, exactly so perfect well that about does her so want to thank uh thank everybody for listening and uh hopefully we'll come we'll be back next week here hopefully recapping some huskies victories so uh until uh next time uh go huskies Woo! Woo!